0: Hello friends and welcome to the Dreamcast Game Library with me, Dominic Goulden. Uh, today we are gonna be doing a not really Dreamcasty episode. I am doing a little bit of a bonus chat, I suppose, just uh my thoughts uh at, at the moment after a, a day of video gaming. I just thought I'd talk uh a little bit about some stuff that might interest listeners. Um and I wanna talk about anime and manga style games. Um, the ones I'm I'm going to talk about today are generally going to be based on famous anime or mangas. Um, but you don't have to be into that stuff to enjoy these games. Uh, I'm going to talk about them out of context and just tell you the virtues of them as video games. Uh, just so you can get a general idea. And, and the thing that got me thinking that this might be a nice thing to do is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Uh, the game that came out a year or so back um i think it released on all platforms i've i've got it for the nintendo switch um it's a really good game so i've been sleeping on the whole anime and manga game scene but i really love cel-shaded graphics if a game has cel-shaded graphics i will always have a look at it i won't always necessarily like it because graphical style isn't everything it's got to be a good game but i always think it looks really awesome um And obviously, generally, if you're going to adapt an anime or a manga, Cell Shaded really is the way to go. So I've been on this kick lately of trying to get these kind of games, and we might talk about this more. You know, it's not strictly Dreamcast-related, but there is a Dreamcast-adjacent element here, um, and that is that Dragon Ball Z Kakarot feels like it could have been a Dreamcast game. And I mean that obviously as a compliment, because... I'm here doing a Dreamcast podcast. I don't mean that in a um, a derogatory way to say, oh, it feels like it could have come out 20 years ago. It's not making the most of today's technology or whatever. I don't care about that stuff. What I am trying to say is, on this podcast, I talk a lot about um, a particular vibe, a particular mood that Dreamcast games have, where it's this... It's hard to put my finger on it, but there's a certain creative feel and a certain immersiveness that's just really heartwarming and nice in a lot of the Dreamcast games and Dragon Ball Z Kakarot has that. And not a lot of modern games do. Um and I'll I'll talk about that for a, a minute. I don't hate unmodern gaming at all, although there was a period like sort of PS3 era where I feel like most of the games that came out were pretty whack. Um, but there's loads of good games coming out these days uh, and you know big studios and independents alike so this is not me saying our modern games are trash or anything like that but they're very standardized these days you know what you're getting generally especially if it's a big game you're going to get an open world you're going to get a crafting system there might be a vehicle thing fast travel probably fairly simplistic combat the systems won't be too deep etc 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 nothing wrong with that okay that's accessible it's something that works for a lot of different topics and it helps people who are casual gamers get in and enjoy it. So, no hate on that. I, the Batman Arkham games, some of my favorite out there. And they're of that kind of style in the same way that, say, Last of Us, another great game is. So, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, what, what makes that stand out a little bit then? Because it still has a lot of those elements, actually. Um still has a, a loose crafting system. So let let me tell you a bit about what it is, in case you don't know what it is. Dragon Ball Z, I assume you will know unless you've been living under a rock, uh, was an anime based on a manga. Um, There was an original manga in the 80s called Just Dragon Ball, and that was more comedic in tone. That's actually my favourite stuff. Dragon Ball Z got a bit serious, got a bit edgy. I didn't like it as much. So I was coming into this game... I watched the cartoon a little bit when I was a kid I liked it but it wasn't my all time favourite so that was the context for me I wasn't some Dragon Ball Z diehard that was like finally amazing they've done a game of this thing so it's not something that I was necessarily primed to be super duper passionate about but my god what a game that is okay it's a big beautiful cel-shaded world all of the characters all your favourites are in there and when I say all your favourites I mean it even if, like me, you were a fan of the original more funny comedy Dragon Ball and you love the likes of Yamcha and Yajirobe and, and stuff like that, those characters are all in there. Tien, Chaozu, all, all the OGs are in there alongside the Dragon Ball mainstays like Goku and Gohan and Piccolo and Vegeta and blah, 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 blah. Okay, you play four main sagas. Attack of the Saiyans, that's the one with Vegeta. You play the Freezer one, the Cell one, the Majin Buu one. There's also some DLC. I ain't doing a deep dive on this thing. I'm just telling you about why I like it. Okay, and here is the first reason I like it. The approach to open world is unique and it's interesting. Um, So instead of an open world a la Skyrim or Breath of the Wild where it's truly open, it's more like open districts. That sounds like a limitation at first, but hear me out. So every district has its own unique flavour. Um they're all split into like just generic kind of titles like East Ravine, West Mountains, things like that. But you know what you're getting in each one. So there'll be like a deserty one, a snowy one, a foresty one. There's the West City area that's all metropolisy and stuff like that. They all have a very unique vibe. And moving between them in this way, I can't really explain why. But it gives it kind of an old school feel. And kind of a nice feel. Rather than sometimes I feel like when open worlds are so seamless. They get a bit homogenized. They lose a little bit of personality. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just a personal thing. But if you don't quite get what I'm saying. Because I don't feel like I'm explaining it very well. Jump online and have a quick look at a let's play. And just see how people move between the areas. Because it's super duper cool. Okay another thing that I like about it. It's not all just about fight, 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 okay? Which sounds weird for a Dragon Ball Z game because the uh, anime certainly was pretty much just known for super long-winded, drawn-out fights that were not necessarily great. If it was that kind of game, I don't think I'd love it. I know Dragon Ball Z Fighters is out there. Uh, I'm not clamoring to get that one. I played a little bit of an arcade. I liked it. It was okay. It's not something I'd go out of my way for going to come to in a few minutes the jojo's bizarre adventure game for the dreamcast because that's what kind of got me thinking about anime games but back to dragon ball z kakarot so it's not all about fighting so what is about it's about everything else it's about exploring the world meeting people doing little side quests now a lot of them are that generic kind of oh fetch quest or you know go here and fight this thing but if you think back even to the early days of rpgs That's kind of what they were anyway, right? So my dad said something to me a few years ago now, maybe when I was younger, because I was thinking about stories and stuff, and my dad said there's only really a few topics you can ever have for a story. It's just about how well you handle that topic, and that kind of stuck with me, and I think that's the same for a game. Outside of super meta fourth wall breaking indie games like Doki Doki Literature Club, things like that, if you're just going to have a normal narrative game, there really are only so many things you can have the player do in the quest. And the thing that's going to make it stand out is the world around it and the the personality, the feeling, okay? So um, let me give you an example Uh, There was a quest where Chiaotzu, if you're not familiar with the anime, Chiaotzu is like a little, I don't know if he's meant to be a robot or something, he looks like a little robot, he's a little kid fighter who's a friend of one of the bigger fighters, and he was feeling kind of inadequate and stuff, but he's chilling out in this village, and they all start talking about how he helps them with the farming and keeping the wolves away and stuff like that, that's where you come in and help him with his farming work and keeping the wolves away and stuff like that, very basic RPG stuff, but You get this really satisfying ending scene where the villagers are all talking about how helpful he is day to day. You get to see his spirits be lifted up. His friend comes in and talks to him about how, like, it's not all about physical strength and he has worth too. It's just really comfy and cozy and gets you feeling all good. And that's much better than, say, something like on Skyrim where I would go back to the Jarl and he'd give me the same recycled line, you know, that I've already heard 200 times. It's the little things. It's that idea that I'm not going to just get, I might get recycled quests, but I'm not going to get a recycled circumstance around the quest, if that makes sense. So that's another thing that I love about it. Another thing that I love about it is the traversal. So you can walk, you can run. You can run super duper fast. The fastest running I've ever seen on a game ever. Um, I have recently just got hold of the Naruto Shippuden games, so he's known for running fast. Maybe that's faster, but this is the fastest running I've ever seen on a game. It's faster than damn Sonic the Hedgehog, man. Uh, you can fly, okay? Now, the flying sounds like a weird game-breaking thing, but it's really not. The con- The flying controls handle really, really nicely. Um, you jump with B, and if you tap B again, instead of double jumping, you start to hover, and now you can fly. You can ascend and descend like a helicopter. And you can directionally move yourself around with the left stick. And it feels really nice. You can speed yourself up and zoom around. You can go and find enemies and fight them. Or you can just explore. What do you find when you explore? You'll find your usual crafted items and food sources and stuff like that. But you will also find memorials. Now, that's not uh, as grim as it sounds. Memorials are these little cards that you find in the world that will be a frame from uh, one of the animes, sometimes the original Dragon Ball, in fact a lot of the ones I found were from the original Dragon Ball, that will tell you about an important moment in a character's past. My favorite character in the uh, original manga uh, was Yamcha, Yamcha and Poir, and you get loads of stuff with Yamcha and Poir, you meet them loads of times throughout the world, you do quests with them, you can have Yamcha in your party, And this is a guy that's kind of a minor character and a bit of a joke character, really, in Dragon Ball Z. So if they give that much attention to him, just imagine how much attention they're giving to your favourite character. I recommend it highly. I could go on and make an entire episode about this, but it feels disingenuous because it's a Dreamcast podcast. But I just want to say that the feeling of this thing is amazing. It looks great. The soundtrack is great. I I heard a little bit of... uh, criticism about the soundtrack being limited because you get the same tunes recycled a lot and you do but the standout ones so when you go into west city the city music is top tier jrpg bustling metropolis music it, it's right up there with like pokemon town level music and, and zelda town level music it's really really nice Um i'm going to stop there and tell you about some of the other things i've been playing so after having played Kakarot for a while, I was like, yo, anime games are pretty good. Let's let's do a deep dive on some of the other big ones. So I thought about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Because Eyes of Heaven is out for the PS4, isn't it? I guess it has been for a few years. And I really like the look of that one. Now, I haven't played it yet, so I can't talk about it yet. But I have played two others. One, obviously, is the Dreamcast one. And one of them is a PS2 game that uh was Japan only, I believe, but uh, now you can get it. Um, you can get it with an emulator, basically, um, and, and get it get it patched to English. And I do not have it in front of me to tell you the Japanese title. Uh, I think it translates to Golden Wind. Okay, it, it's the Giovanni or. What's his name? Giovanni? I've only watched Stardust Crusaders, man, so I don't know these other JoJo's. But it's the Italian dude. It's his arc, okay? Um, That's the PS2 one, and I'll talk about it in a minute. But first, I'm going to talk about the Dreamcast JoJo game. So, the Dreamcast JoJo game tells my favourite, I guess by proxy, the only JoJo arc I've ever really deep-dived into, Stardust Crusaders. Read all the mangas of that and watched the anime series of that. And I really like it. It's not that I'm not interested in the bigger story. But you've only got so much time in your life. And I don't know if I could be bothered deep diving. That just feels like a nice self-contained story. I really like Jotaro as a protagonist. I don't really want to go and follow somebody else's journey. I just like to stick with him. Anyway, I'm getting off track. So the Dreamcast Jojo game. Is it good? If I mean, historically, I, I believe it's supposed to be. Uh, it did pretty well when it came out. I think people speak fondly of it, but uh didn't really do it for me, man. It didn't really do it. And I'll tell you why. 2D beat-em-up games, kind of dated now, right? In that same way as walk-along beat-em-ups like Streets of Rage and stuff like that are kind of dated now. People still make them. They still I right if you play them in the arcade. But, it's not the kind of thing I like to own, necessarily. Okay, so here's what's going on with it then. It's a purely one-on-one fighting game, a la Street Fighter, 2D, cartoony backdrop. Okay, looks nice. Looks nice for the time it came out. The levels, or fights as they are, are connected with really really super abridged um chapters from from the anime uh yeah from the anime the manga and you just play the fight scenes effectively okay which you know i, I guess that's what the berserk game was but the berserk game at least had a bit of traversal a little, a bit, a little bit of exploration there is uh, a bit in i guess, like chapter four where you're in the desert and there's like a cool kind of side scrolling level but it It doesn't necessarily work because you have the crappy fighting game controls where up is jump and you have to double tap to run and stuff like that. So it just doesn't feel functionally that good. So I don't know if I'll ever do a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure episode. I've been thinking about this and I wanted to because I know it's really popular. Um, But this might be as much as I deep dive on it because I really don't have any great things to say. And I don't want this to be a negative podcast. I want this to be a podcast of celebration and and praising good stuff. So, I don't know. Let me now jump in and compare it for you with the PS2 one. Which, in my opinion, feels much better. Just for being 3D and cell shaded But also for having longer cutscenes that are actually animated and voiced. And it's still a fighting game. There's no getting around that. But there's a little bit of traversal, I guess. You're not just locked onto your opponent constantly. I mean, you are having to just fight the same opponent constantly. But there is a little bit of open world traversal in as much as, like, Power Stone level, okay? You can run around and go up and down a few levels. There's a little bit of verticality. It's still an improvement on just being on a flat plane. Where I think... Jojo games are really going to shine, or where I hope to find that is with that Eyes of Heaven game when I finally get hold of it, because that looks like um, the the Japanese PS2 one, but then fleshed out into kind of a full game. I understand the the temptation with adapting one of these shonen jump type anime or mangas, where you know it's all based pretty much around fighting. I understand the temptation to just have a fighting game. But look at Kakarot. Dragon Ball Z, pretty famous for fighting. The game, you can go for hours without fighting, and it is a delight. You can listen to the nice music, you can explore the nice scenery, you can meet the nice people. It's a wonderful game. Okay, so, what have we done so far? Dragon Ball Z, we've talked about Jojo. We're going to go back to the PS1 for a little bit, because I have been doing some deep dives on Japan only stuff just to find anime games right okay I'm just just wanting to do that at the minute and I've just been having a play on Devilman which I can't tell you if Devilman is good or not I'll tell you why never at the manga or the anime so I don't know if it captures the mood at all also it's Japan only and it's not patched so it's entirely in Japanese so I don't know the story that's not necessarily a hindrance apart from Unlike these other games I've been talking about where it's a beat-em-up, which you could get around that in a beat-em-up, this is a survival horror slash adventure type game, a la something like Devil May Cry. So I don't know what my objectives are. I'm finding notes. They're all in Japanese. I, until I learn Japanese, I don't feel I'll ever be able to play that game and make any progress. So we skip past Devil Man. Before I picked up the phone... Because I'm just recording this on my phone today. Before I picked up the phone to record. I just finished a nice run on the Fist of the North Star game. Which in Japan is called. And let me just get it for you if I can. Bear with me. It has obviously a a Japanese name. Because it's a Japanese only game. Which I have uh, acquired. And it is called... Hakuto no Ken. I Don't know how to pronounce that second bit, but if you just type in uh, Hakuto no Ken, which I assume means versus the North Star then you're gonna find it you're gonna find the game and This is a nice game. Okay, this is very much in the spirit of Sword of the Berserk, which I spoke about a few weeks ago lots of cutscenes, lots of story and you play the fight bits. But there's a little traversal. But the fighting controls in it are super duper tight. The punches are quick. The kicks feel meaty. You could do cool finishing moves. There's a lot of blood. It's very, very visceral. The graphics are amazing for a PS1 game. It looks more like PS2. This is a game I'd really recommend you tracking down and giving it a go. Especially if you've got any love for the uh, the manga or the anime. It just feels and looks really nice. Again, it is all in Japanese. Okay. But in this case, I actually know the story. And the game is pretty faithful. So if you know what they're saying in the manga and the anime, you can fill in the blanks for what's being said on the screen. Maybe you know Japanese. How do I know? Um, And I'm just going to finish this episode. I guess it's not really an episode, but it's just me babbling. I'm just going to finish this by talking about some games that that I'm hoping to play, uh, both Dreamcast and non-Dreamcast. So upcoming anime and manga games that i hope to be playing just on the basis of this obviously uh the naruto shippenden trilogy that i've just got for the switch hoping to play the jojo eyes of heaven game soon and hoping to play that one piece world seeker which in every review i've seen has been roundly panned and i also know nothing about one piece but to my eyes it looks lovely And I don't like trusting the opinions of reviewers and critics, I just want to get in there and give it a go myself, so I'll be playing that. Dreamcast wise, what can we expect to see in future episodes? Well, I'm feeling a lot of love for Sarge's Heroes at the minute, I've been playing that one um, just earlier today, and I've been really, really enjoying it. I am expecting to do uh, a follow-up to my Blue Stinger episode with, with a guest in the future, but I don't know if that will be soon necessarily in the spirit of action games i'm also going to do a headhunter episode got a lot of love for headhunter and although certainly not a dreamcast exclusive by any means i'm going to talk about the dreamcast version of dino crisis because out there in the memeverse on the internet a lot of people are shook by the announcement of a resident evil 4 remake and a lot of people wanted to see a Dino Crisis remake, from what I can see. I'm among them. I'd love to see that. So let's talk about the original Dino Crisis. Let's talk about what it did and what it was. And yeah, we'll have an episode on that. I'm just having a scroll through my library to see. Got a few Japan-only games uh, for for the Dreamcast as well that I'm going to talk about. In particular, there's one called Tale which is a strange slightly creepy slightly dark but also kind of cute platformy game it's very unique you'll find out a bit when i talk about it and another one called rainbow cotton which i actually had a fan request for so i will definitely do that in the coming weeks and months oh and skies of arcadia obviously because skies of arcadia is awesome so um expect that one yeah, so thanks for listening. I hope uh, my ramblings and musings on what makes a good anime game, the benefits of cel shaded graphics, etc., etc. I hope that's been vaguely interesting for you. I hope maybe it's inspired you to pick up, at the very least, Dragon Ball Kakarot, maybe something else. Um, yeah. yeah, so until next time, you know, keep on, keep on playing Dreamcast games, and look after yourself, and uh, take it easy. See you next time.